Introduction. The introduction, intro, or intro may refer to introduction in music, an opening section of a piece of music. Introduction in writing, a beginning section of a book, article, or essay which states the purpose and goals. Another, di another, digi another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Introduction: British House of Commons, a ceremonial seating for members elected by in. By okay, ladies Introduction: House of Lords, a ceremonial seating for. Shut up, Luke. Oh, I was doing the intro. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the intro. Oh. <laughs> hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. Hello. Uh, hi. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. That's the intro. Oh, Welcome to, there's uh, the intro. Yeah. Yes. Welcome to another digital system. Uh, I'm Fro. I'm fucking tired. And uh, on a scale from 1 to 10, I'm around 9 angry, I think. And so... A nine angry. Good mood. Okay. Yeah. Mm hmm This Wikipedia article uh, names all the songs that have the name intro in it also. Which, when you think about it, how many CDs had a song called intro at the beginning? So many. <laughs> like, it's kind yeah. of ridiculous to make a list of this <laughs> when I didn't, think about it. Didn't the uh, first Eminem album have, have that as their first track? I want to say most seems, CDs seems in like the early it, most CDs from my childhood had an intro track that was just called intro. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember well, one of the things I remember best from that CD is actually uh, like between there was like phone calls between the songs. So that was rich. definitely a a thing that he did in multiple albums. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how's your week been? Uh, good. A week. Um, you know, working. <laughs> what happened this wow, week? Wow, it's been a week. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not much, really. Everything just kind of flew by. Uh, okay. A lot of indi indoor time because the winter's happening. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, just working and and hanging out mostly. A lot of yeah. Big Brother, because I got caught up in Big Brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had to go to my cellar and uh, actually find my heater for the first time uh, this week. So, oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. How, how I know it's cold. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I mean, my heater was just upstairs, but I definitely took it out and turned it on a couple times this mm -hmm. week. It doesn't get as cold like when it's rainy outside, but there was a few days where it was clear at night, and that's when it really gets cold. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Really gets cold. Well, yeah. <laughs> Relative to, uh, yeah, to where I live, I suppose. <laughs> when people complain, like it's like minus five Celsius outside, I laugh. Yeah, but you complain mm. when it's hot all the time in the summer, and then people in Arizona are, like, laughing at you, you know what I mean? So, yes. there's that. <laughs> yeah, but they are allowed to laugh about that. And I live in a temperate climate, so I'm not allowed to laugh at anybody, apparently. 
I feel left out. <laughs> Poor temperate to... climate uh, discrimination is what that is. Yeah, you're allowed to laugh of, uh, of me, so I give you permission. Okay. You laugh anyway, so. Okay. Yeah. When I don't, when I hang up, I hear. <laughs> tricked him this week as well <laughs> with his yeah. like twiddling my mustache yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like an even evil villain exactly yeah hey uh about I to really go tie a woman to some railroad tracks after this <laughs> <laughs> uh guess what i don't really want to talk about this because uh war <clears throat> what is it good for absolutely nothing but uh, guess what? Uh, Hamas is a terrible group that uh, attacked Israel this week. And guess what? Israel responded uh, with uh, declaring war. Uh, yeah. The Israeli government formally declared war on a Palestinian militant group, Hamas, last Sunday. In the 24 hours that followed, Hamas's unprecedented attacks early on Saturday, both Israel and Gaza saw rising death tolls as Israeli forces attempted to fend off Hamas militants from la launching a counteroffensive. Mm. Um, Hamas Hamas's unprecedented offensive Saturday marked the largest attack in in Israel in decades. Which yeah, it was the the death toll is still rising. Obviously, it's still a pretty fresh thing, and the fighting is still currently happening. But, mm. uh, yeah, it's over, it's thousands of people at this point. Can um, I find it a little confusing why so many on the left side of American politics, uh, like, celebrates Hamas uh, and, like, say, like, they are a good group? They're, I haven't seen like, anybody last... celebrate Hamas. <laughs> well, well, okay. I think uh, a celebrate is a, a celebrate is a bad word. Okay, but, but uh, take take them in uh, as a defendant. Then uh, it's like, especially on the left side of of American politics, they are like, oh, Hamas, not that that bad. Come on. I, I, I don't know if I've seen anybody say that. I think uh, people conflate it that way and say that people are defending Hamas. If you're watching somebody else say that so somebody is defending Hamas. I haven't specific... Can you name a specific person, I guess, who's defending Hamas? Because I haven't seen that. But maybe that's just me. Uh, I have seen uh, people that I think came pretty close to defending Hamas. See, yes. that's... Yeah, I've heard a lot of that. And then people saying, oh, this guy defended Hamas, but when you look into it, they're actually saying, like, they're actually supporting Palestine or something, right? Which... Right, yeah. yeah. Then people conflate supporting the Palestinian people with supporting Hamas, and then they just yeah. say it outright, which is... The whole situation is confusing, because... Mm -hmm. Yes, what Hamas did is horrible... And yeah. and uh, should be denounced 100% as terrorism, and they they should definitely uh, there should be consequences to their actions. But mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, blowing up all of Palestine, which is two million people, which most of them aren't Hamas, that also should not be uh, egged on and like. Uh, defended either, right? So both sides are wrong. Is the situation here? Yeah. Everybody is in the wrong. Yeah, no. yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I think it's 
I think it's also extremely weird. Uh, like everybody is all of a sudden like pro-Israel. Uh, it's it's kind of like I, I feel like it's like you're not allowed to have like two thoughts in your mi mind at the same time because I totally agree with you. Like uh, even before this I uh, terrorist attack, I'm very pro-Palestinian. I have always been very pro-Palestinian. It's kind of weird uh, that I took that uh, route, even though I kind of like uh, had my views from like uh, Christian uh, Israeli uh, loving uh, churches like uh, the Latter-day Saints or or Mormons. Okay. Uh, so I, I find it I, I find it a little like like bit weird that everybody's like all of a sudden like uh, uh, both can say like uh, oh now we love Israel <laughs> like they have done nothing wrong <laughs> ever I mean there's definitely a a huge faction of evangelical Christians who believe that this is like part of the holy war and that this is a sign mm -hmm. from from God, this is supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. This is like the destiny of Israel and everything. So there's mm -hmm. those people. And then there's just the war hawks who even up till today have been like, well, since this happened, since Hamas did this, it must be Iran's fault and they must be backing. Right. <laughs> so what we need yeah. to do is go to war with Iran, which totally with makes, Iran. Yeah, which yeah. harkens so back to nine 11 of like, we yeah. got we got right. attacked by some uh, Af Afghani militants, so we we need to blow Let's up Iraq. Iraq. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it makes so yeah, much yeah. sense, right? But I, I saw an article this morning. Um, the United States has collected significant intelligence that suggests senior Iranian government officials were caught by surprise uh, by the attack by Hamas. So, mm. uh, at least yeah, no, yeah, I, that's good I, actually. Yeah, so let me be very, very clear. I don't support Hamas. I support the Palestinian people. I don't support uh, Israel at all. But I do. I support, support the Israeli people because, like, people. Yes. Most of the people that were killed in this, at that this rave, this uh, yeah. party was n were, nothing. Well, no, this party was specifically uh, a peace. It was a party designed to like promote peace between the two countries, and then right. and then Hamas came in and killed the people that were like fighting for their side. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Hamas did horrible things, and and they're terrorists who did this is an atrocity, and they should definitely be held accountable. Um, but it's one of those situations that they've been put in for like the Palestinian people have been put in for so long that there can't mm -hmm. not be any blame put on the Israeli government specifically, not the Israeli people that, uh, that the Palestinians were pushed, uh, to the limit. You know what I mean? To the mm -hmm. point where terrorists were driven to do this. Um, Terrorists don't just decide one day without any provocation, hey, you know what I want to do is attack mm -hmm. a, another country who yeah. is going to retaliate against me and probably try to kill me. They don't do that for no reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? There yeah, has yeah. to be some provocation. That provocation is, you know, the occupation of Palestine by the Israeli government, which is propped up by the United States. We fund them heavily. So there's... 
Um, and that, that, that's also one of the things I find maybe the most amusing about like the whole thing. Like, if I can find something funny about this, was uh, that I I watched uh, Ben Shapiro uh, talking shit about Biden and how uh, Biden is pro-Palestinian when when he's like goes out and like uh, uh, or pro Hamas even right <laughs> when, when he's like going out and like hey we stand with the Israeli people we're going to give you lots and lots of money and bombs and guns and everything right we're going to, to stand behind you because Israel and the United States have a very good relationship and and Ben Shapiro goes uh, there's like this would never ever happen <laughs> if Trump was president. Biden is a terrible president. That's very pro Hamas. And I go, what? Yeah, exactly. When? It like <laughs> the difference in these policies are very not, are very similar. Like they haven't. Yeah. Biden has not changed on policy to Israel from uh, Trump. From no. Trump, like it's it's no. it hasn't shifted in any way. Um, Not at all. I mean, even in that region, talking about other Gulf states, Saudi Arabia um, has that also, like, he was just shaking hands and fist bumping with the guy over the last, like, year. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, his policy on the Middle East specifically has not changed from Trump's policy on the the Middle East. Right. No. And that, therefore, I find it so strange. Like, well, it's all it's the... all put through the lens of the two party system. Like, they have to find some reason to, you know, uh, it's so weird that the same people who were like against Ukraine aid specifically because they thought it was th- their excuse was this is bad for like the national debt and you're taking money away from mm. poor people in America, and then those same people the very next week. When Israel is attacked, oh, send them as much money as possible. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I see what's going yeah, on here, yeah. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, one thing is not like the other. <laughs> one has a lot of uh, of uh, power, and uh, the other one is a small, tiny country with no no oil. Well, that and it's <laughs> there's already a bias for Israel and. Yeah, on the Republican side, specifically because of the Christian evangelical uh, side of the Republican Party, right? Yeah. 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 No, I. I mean, I went around with a sticker on my jacket that said "Free Palestine." I mean, like I, I've been very against the Israeli politic uh, for my whole life, so I find it so fucking frustrating that uh, you can't you can't say both like you're not allowed to say hamas uh, is a terrorist group and also say uh, the government of israel is a terrible thing you're not allowed to, to think those things at the same time and that frustrates the fuck well, out it, of it me. just reminds me again of 9-11 when i was a kid yeah like coming out of high school after after 9-11 uh, you couldn't say, well, ISIS wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the U.S. military. Like, right. That wasn't a thing yeah. you were allowed to say, but it was very obviously true, and everybody knew yeah. it was true, but you weren't allowed to say it because then you were anti-American, and get out! You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, uh, talking about not changing policies, <laughs> uh, Biden says that he had uh, to use Trump-era funds for the border wall. Uh, Joe Biden on Thursday defended his administration's decision to waive 26 federal laws in South Texas. So he had to waive these laws for this wall to actually be made uh, in South mm -hmm. Texas to allow construction of roughly 20 miles of additional border wall, saying he had no choice but to use the Trump era funding for the barrier to stop illegal immigration, immigration from Mexico. Asked if he thought such walls work. He said no. So, no, like, conflicting messaging <laughs> on this one at all. Uh, he says the money was appropriated for the border wall. I can't stop that. No, you can't stop it, but you didn't have to waive the 26 federal laws that would have stopped it from happening. <laughs> no. It's a little like, don't blame me. I'm just opening the door. <laughs> it says here, still waiving the federal laws for the construction, something also done by Republican President Donald Trump. Uh, raised questions particularly because Biden condemned the border wall while running for the White House. One of Biden's first decision moves as president was to halt the emergency use of funds to build the wall. The decision yeah. comes as the administration is struggling to manage the increased number of migrants at the border. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is just sending such mixed messages. Uh, and it, f this is the thing I take most out of this. Not obviously that he's a huge hypocrite. That's very clear. But that uh -huh. yeah. young people who look at this, who are thinking about voting in the 2024 election, mm -hmm. I see people who are like maybe undecided people seeing this and going, what the fuck is the point of even voting? Like wh mm -hmm. what if the if yeah. for years and years and years, eight years, people were yelling uh, on one side, build the wall, and the other side is saying, we can't have this wall. And then mm -hmm. the side that's saying we can't have this wall when they get in power, build the wall. What's the point of voting? Like, if yeah. if you're, if whatever you, the biggest issue that you're voting for is gets totally overturned by the administration that you voted for, it's like, uh, I could vote for one side or another, they're going to do the same shit, so what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Remember when Trump uh, was talking about... Uh, it, I find this also a little, like, interesting. Like, remember the big hoopla when when uh, uh, President Trump moved the embassy of Israel? Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let me ask you this. Did Biden move it back? Nope. <laughs> no... At all, but uh, yeah, and uh, as far as Julian Assange goes, that's another thing yeah. that they yeah. chose not to go back on. Yeah, there's lots mm -hmm. of things like that where it's like I think when we were talking about the Julian Assange thing, the thing that I said about it was they feel like, oh, well, it wasn't us that did that, and this is right. the same thing they're doing with this border wall. They're saying, well, it was already money that was appropriated by Trump, so I didn't mm -hmm. do it. I have no yeah. way of stopping it, even though I did waive these 26 federal right. laws, which actually right. include environmental laws. Hey, uh, we had a running gimmick from pretty much the start of the show many, many years ago when we followed uh, the Nazi treasure train. 
in Poland, I want to say. God, that's so many years ago at oh, this point. Oh, so, so long time ago. Denmark? It was somewhere in that general area of the world. I think it was Poland. I want to say it was, too. Yes, I doubt it was Denmark, because that doesn't really sound correct. But uh, I think one of the our biggest things after that was some years after that we followed up with a case from the states, right? Mm-hmm. Where there was this guy that uh, uh, got seized his uh, findings by the FBI, and the FBI said, "Hey, we didn't find any gold where you were looking." And the guy said, hey, but you had tanks and tanks of, of things going out from there. Will you show me what was on, on those trucks? And the FBI said, no, we're not going to show you that. <laughs> and so the guy ended up suing them, is what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, a... we, Go ahead. believe it or not, have an update. Uh. The FBI's highly unusual search for buried Civil War treasure more than five years ago set in motion a dispute over what, if anything, the agency unearthed in an ongoing legal battle over key records. There's so much intrigue that even a federal judge felt compelled to note in the ruling last week that the, that quote-unquote, the FBI may have found gold, or maybe not. That's what the judge said last week. But now two witnesses have come forward to, uh, to the Associated Press on what they heard and saw in the woods on that late winter morning, raising questions about the FBI's timeline. Um, McCarthy, a 45-year-old elk guide, then never met treasure hunters, uh, the treasure hunters that found this. Um, he decided to share his own story because he thought Prado, who spent years for looking for the gold, uh, approaching the FBI with his findings, had been treated unfairly. Um, mm-hmm. In an interview... McCarthy recalls he hearing an unexpected clang of heavy equipment as he worked his way up the mountain in near darkness. Uh, later that day, while breaking for lunch, McCarthy and his friend watched a trio of armored trucks rumble past. One of the vehicles rode low, as if it was carrying a heavy or full load. Hmm. Uh, McCarthy insists now they took something out of Death's Run and something heavy. Um, yeah, so he's this. These two guys saw the armored cars leaving the area mm. because they were out elk hunting at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And not only that, they heard what was going on in the area. Like, they know that that the, the search was actually happening at the time, which the FBI had denied originally, and then they had to put out those documents, which were all, like, uh, photos that mm. had been uh, the resolution on the photo had been taken down so far that you could barely tell what was happening mm-hmm. in some of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they were able to figure, yeah, we looked figure at, out a we lot from at, that. Yeah. Yeah, we looked at uh, some of those pictures and it's like, I can't believe it's fucking five years ago. <laughs> it doesn't feel like five years ago. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I think we've done this podcast for a little while. Yeah, well, I, that's just it. Like, it's been an ongoing thing. So the first time we talked yeah. about it was five years ago, but we've talked about it yeah. consistently over the years, every once in a while. So mm. that's why it doesn't really feel like uh, we we talked about it five years ago. It's because we probably talked about right. it six and months not, ago. Not the 
and the Nazi treasure train was like seven years ago, so right, oh, totally. Gosh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I I definitely think uh, there's okay. Let's say it's not gold. I like like let's say it's something else. Like it could be uh, alien technology for what I I could know. Like it could be anything, I guess. Uranium. <laughs> I doubt that, but it could be an alien uh, spacecraft, maybe. Um, yeah. One of the witnesses said, uh, "Why would you do it? Do a night dig unless you wanted to remove su- right? uh, the gold under the cover of darkness?" Uh, was one of their yeah. questions. Yeah. A very good argument, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you just do it during the daytime? When yeah. it would have been easier to actually, like, remove everything. Yeah. Yeah, why was it so important to do it in the middle of the night? Yeah, a l- little bit weird. Yeah. Tiny, tiny bit. Uh, are you going to run uh, for president, Luke? Uh, no, I- I'm not. I'm not going to run no. for president, no. So you're not going to be a third party candidate? I wasn't planning on it, as far as I can tell. Mm. Yeah. I I would vote for you. Great. I mean, that'll count for zero votes, but... Um, <laughs> but thank what? you. You say it? Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. You have one vote. <laughs> but uh, third party candidates could threaten... Democrats and Republicans in 2024. It's almost like we hear this every fourth year or something. Yeah, what what happened this week is RFK went from running as a Democrat to moving over to Mm -hmm. being independent. Mm -hmm. So the Democrats were worried that he would be a spoiler for them, but now the the Republicans are worried he's going to take votes away from Trump. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And then Cornell West. Yeah, because he's anti-vax, right? He's anti-vax and he's pretty cray-cray, isn't he? He's anti-vax and somewhat anti-Semitic, I believe, because he believes mm. that the perfect that the vaccine was designed to to um, to avoid killing uh, Jewish people and Chinese people, and that it was like nice. bioengineered to just kill basically. White people and black people, I guess. I don't know. And yeah, that's, Mexican that's people. Not that, that's not anti-Semitic at all. Right. Cough, cough. Um, <laughs> he's like that old school anti-vaxer. Not like he's like a, a Jenny McCarthy era anti-vaxer. Right. He's been an anti-vaxer yeah, yeah. way before COVID. Uh, the COVID yeah. vaccine. Yeah. Um, he he was it before it was cool to be it. <laughs> and then Cornell West, who we've talked about running, he was going to run it uh, in one party, and now he's also moved over to independent. So we have two independent. Mm-hmm. And then there's a group called No Labels, which is a brand new political party, and they're looking to bring in another candidate. So we could have two independents going against each other for the primary and then a whole other party, um, which has a lot of money behind it, believe it or not. Um, yeah. Okay. What is that party called? No Labels, like I just said. That's no, literally oh, what it's called. It is called No Labels. Okay. It says No Labels plans, plans to make... They're horrible. They're super centrist, like almost right-leaning Democrats. Oh, uh, yeah. No Labels plans to make a formal decision. They think that Biden is like too left-wing. 
<laughs> they plan to make a decision. Mr. Left Wing. No Labels plans to make a formal decision about its presidential nominee in the spring. Um, yeah, but No Labels also believes that Biden is, like, too old to beat Trump. They, they think that Biden... They just don't like Biden against Trump is what is mostly the thing. They want somebody different, I think. Well, neither do I. <laughs> yeah, but as he far as like Biden. their leadership, I don't think they're going to... We'll see who they pick, but I don't. I think they're going to pick somebody uh, very centrist, very uh, middle, like, you know, toes the line of the Democratic Party is my guess. Right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like Tim Kaine or something like that. Yeah. Oh my God, Tim Kaine, jeez. Or maybe what's his name the the governor of California, um, Gavin Newsom. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Not that's you were living in the past, my friend. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I know it's not Arnold. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, I I um, I agree with this is no labels that uh, he's too old. So maybe they will find someone really really young. That would be fun. Uh, yeah, no, that's probably not going to happen either. I mean, really really <laughs> young is is not going to happen. But uh, we'll see. Really? Uh, yeah. It says Joe Lieberman, no labels founding chairman, said the organization will. Will begin candidate recruitment and selection process in the next two weeks. The group will decide to move forward with a centrist candidate. He said only if Biden and Trump appear likely to win their presidential nominations. So yeah, they yeah, like I said, they only want to go in if it's Trump, Biden, because they don't like either of those people, and they're going right. going go against that specifically. What was the name of that Democratic lady that became Republican all of a sudden? That we talked about. That was. Uh, do you remember? Got me. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking it could be here. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some entertainment. Let's talk about TV. I guess uh, the first thing I will talk about is a show that I did not think I was going to watch uh, because it is about Jimmy Savile, uh, okay. one of the most terrible human beings in British history. Uh, but uh, when I saw that it was actually Steve Coogan that played him, uh, and he kind of looks like with him uh, with a lot of makeup. Okay, I, I was going to say, that's not a great uh, right, great compliment. compliment. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is from uh, BBC uh, One. Uh, four episodes. Um I really, really liked it. It is uh, clearly made extremely thoughtful, and there's a very like uh, they are making a lot of like people uh, anonymous, and it's uh, consideration and the craft is there. I really liked it. It is a very tough watch, of course. Uh, and it is centered uh, uh, around uh, the performance of Steve Coogan. 
I it's it's kind of funny because like for me Steve Coogan is a comedy actor, so seeing him in something so serious uh, was very good. So I'm going to give it eight and a half actually. Okay. Uh, anything mm-hmm. else British that came out this week? Yeah, uh, Big Brother UK uh, started up again after five uh, this- years. Yeah, this time on ITV2 with uh, totally new people uh, as uh, um, hosts. I didn't recognize them. I did not know who they were. Uh, probably no, but they're probably nobody you should no- have noticed or should know. Right. Yeah. Uh, I find it a, little, uh, a bit weird that I bring this back. I mean, the last season of Big Brother UK was the celebrity one, and that destroyed uh, the Me Too movement, so <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in what this is going to destroy. Brexit, maybe? Uh, but uh, yeah, no, uh, it's Big Brother. It's... it's... <sighs> okay, I hate using this word, but it's very much trying to be the Vogue version of Big Brother. Uh, I uh, they are trying to 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 be very like including of everyone and things like that. But uh, I think that's yeah. a part of the Big Brother mm-hmm. franchise now is like because uh, here Paramount Plus has a regular like or Amer- not regular but American Big Brother. It also you can get access to the old ep- ep- or seasons of Canada, Australia, and all the other ones. So like Big Brother is an umbrella uh, production. So this new mm-hmm. Big Brother in the UK, I'm assuming is under that same umbrella. And uh, CBS has said that like all of their shows and stuff are going to be more diverse. So it's like mm-hmm. under that same. Uh, U.S. umbrella, Big Brother umbrella. That's why you're seeing what you're seeing as far as the diversity yeah. quota and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a bingo caller from Bridgent that is very uh, f- funny in the first episode that goes Aah! and that's uh, uh, like the only thing he says and when the house, uh, house door opens he goes Yeah! I always kind of preferred the structure of UK Big Brother because it feels a little more real than some of the other ones that are Mm. not scripted, but the producers do things to manipulate the situation a little more than maybe the UK. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen this new version. Maybe it's a little less uh, British British Big Brother than the old version, or what do you think? Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay. Uh, my favorite is uh, a girl called Olivia that is uh, from Glasgow, uh, and she's a dancer, and she's uh, really, really cool. I'm definitely <laughs> going to see it. I just, um, I'm probably going to finish Big Brother US first, but I've seen every yeah. Big Brother UK season, so I'm going to see it at some point. Uh, so that is the two shows that I saw from the UK this this week. Something from the U.S., specifically from Florida, big basketball wives Orlando. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. I guess you have to have seen a lot of basketball wives of other seasons because they did a lot mm-hmm. of callbacks to uh, characters 
in this show that were in other versions of Basketball Wives. Specifically, right. I don't know what we call her, the main character, because she's coming from Basketball Wives LA, the TV show, mm-hmm. where she was, mm-hmm. I guess, more of a minor character, it seems like. And now they're making yeah. this her show because she moved from one mm-hmm. side of the country to the other. I feel like mm-hmm. this exact thing happened with uh, uh, the Bling show, whatever that was. Um Yes, yes, Bling... Uh, Bling Empire. Japan. Yes. And then they moved to Bling Empire New York, and it was like New one York, of the yes. mini... One of the small characters from Bling Empire, and they tried to mm. do a spinoff. And that's what this is. It's just a spinoff kind of show uh, where mm. you have a bunch of women... But it is women. also a spinoff of a spinoff, Luke, because uh, Basketball Wives LA isn't uh, the original. Right, but I would assume so, that some of the people from this are also because there were other shows original yeah yeah yeah. there were some other clips that they did from shows that were clearly not basketball wives la like you have to have Mm -hmm. seen the whole basketball wives mcu to understand Mm -hmm. a lot of what was happening here but they did do some flashbacks i mean this is one of those shows where i don't even know what these women were fighting about half the time not because there wasn't backstory but because the arguments are so um Stupid. Yeah. She's like, are you looking at me funny? <laughs> like, what are you, in a biker game, biker gang from the 1980s or 70s? Like, you're mad that somebody at the bar is looking at you funny? What is this? Uh, so fucking weird. Get off the roids. You know what I mean? Or what's whatever's happening. <laughs> I think it's probably roids. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of characters, and they all... Or, you know, over the top. Most of them aren't even wives. I think there's one woman who's an actual wife to a basketball player. Most of them are mm-hmm. either ex-wives or the one main character. I don't even think she's ever been married, as far as I can tell. Right. <laughs> yeah, because her whole thing is, like, I've dated a lot of basketball players and even referees in the basketball. Mm. Like, she's in the basketball dating community which they try to establish as a thing in the show yeah i don't know i'd give it a geez this is a pretty low budget pretty low quality show i don't know like a three i gave it the 2.5 so we're not that far away from each other uh yeah i uh as someone that has seen uh, approximately two Episodes of the the last season of uh, L.A. Uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even see the or- original original. I I had no clue who this lady was. So I totally agree. Bad, bad. Um, uh, I almost said acting, but it is. <laughs> well, yeah, they definitely redo things in here. And oh, yeah. there's certain parts where you're like, you can tell this is rehearsed, or at least they mm-hmm. did it once, and then the camera crew was like, oh, we messed up that shot. Can we do that again? Or whatever, yeah. Mm. Okay, let's talk about the m- most cutty c- c- cookie cutter. Cookie cutter. There you go. Uh, show in the world. Found. 
Luke, uh, on NBC. This was written what? by AI, I'm pretty sure. Like, I was I was making dinner at the time, so I was looking away from the TV a lot, and I'm hearing the dialogue, and what I'm hearing in my head is ChatGPT talking to me. Just the dialogue sounded not written by a human. I don't know how to describe it other than that. Oh my god, I have to tell you something that has nothing to do with this. When you said ChatGPT, you know the game Gollum, right? Uh, yeah, I've seen people play it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, people came out from the studio that was like shut down, and told uh, like uh, investigators from a German magazine that uh, their uh, uh, sorry message was <laughs> written <laughs> by ChatGPT. <laughs> they didn't even do it themselves. I'm not surprised, <laughs> though, to be honest. <laughs> right. And I, I, yeah, that uh, clicked. Uh, but uh, back to found, yeah. Uh, it is about this uh, lady called Gabby. Um, she works as a public relations specialist, whatever that is, in the police. Um, it's a PR person. So, right. Yeah. Somebody who makes the cops look good. And uh, she has a secret. And uh, she's trying to find people. Uh, but remember, she has a secret that she's keeping away from people. And that is what this show is about. If you think that sounds boring, you're 110% correct. Okay, what would you give it? Uh, 2.5, probably. Um, I mean, I think Maybe a three, three. I think a three is pretty like this and back basketball wives. As far as like the quality of show go, I think are pretty much on the same level. Yeah, they're just one is you know a reality show and one is a drama. But like you said, it's mm -hmm. so just it. It's so you've seen the show a hundred times. Is the thing? It's like yeah, yeah. It's not. A new show. It was like I said. It just feels like it was created by AI. You took a whole mm -hmm. bunch of other TV shows, put them, the scripts and everything into an AI, and this is what it, it gave you back. You know, you put in NCIS and a little bit of NYPD Blue, and you stuck a little bit of uh, <laughs> you know what I mean, all these other mm -hmm. crappy network shows, and that's what it, it popped out. That's what it feels like to me. Exactly. Uh, let's Your see. Turn. The Last thing I saw was Everything Now. Mm -hmm. um, this was on Netflix. It's mm -hmm. uh, about a girl who has some kind of eating disorder. They don't really specify what eating disorder it is. I think they said bulimia? They don't ever say what. Uh, they never say a name. They just says they say she uh. has a problem. So it could be anorexia. It could be bulimia. It could be... Uh. It's some kind of eating disorder. Um... At least in the episodes that I saw, they they avoid saying the specific disease, uh, mm. for whatever reason. But um, yeah, she has a problem with eating, and she gets out of hospital or recovery uh, that her parents sent her to after seven months, and it's basically a story of her trying to live a normal life, even though she has this issue, and she's kind of 
been gone from all of her friends for over half a year, and they've all kind of moved on without her. So they're mm. pe- her, some of her friends are hooking up with uh, other guys and people that she didn't know they were friends with before are now friends with them, and she's trying to uh she's trying to catch up and be normal even though she's you know fairly not normal comparatively to most other people i right. guess uh whatever whatever normal means list. yeah sorry go ahead and she no and she also writes a bucket list so well not in the sense that she's going to die so they call it a no, no. a fuck it list i think is what they call it right bucket list yes because it's more like she just wants to do this to to be to catch back up with her life that she missed over those seven months, but she's still right. also struggling with this problem and not really telling anybody. It, it's it's a it's kind of a depressing show to be honest, but it has some comedy parts. It's very British, also I should say that. Uh, it is one of the most British uh, shows I've seen in quite a while from Netflix, and I have to say that. Uh, one of the things that made me a little like, oh, for fuck's sake, uh, do you remember the Asian girl in this uh, uh, show? Uh, yeah, the the friend. She looks exact, exactly like a young Lucy Liu. It's almost a little amazing how much she I looks guess like I have a to young see Lucy her Lou. again. I, yeah, I, <laughs> that's just it. I probably I'm won't like, watch more what? of this after two episodes no. just because it's kind of depressing. So number one. And it's a little yes. too ya for me. It is a very ya high school, uh, a group of high schoolers just kind of living life as high schoolers. You know what I mean? And yeah, I'm mm. kind of sick. I'm kind of sick of that premise. We've seen it a lot lately. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I was nice. I uh, gave it a three point five actually. Oh, I'd go higher than that. I was gonna go a four. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, thought I, I was nice giving it a three point five. I mean, I thought this was way better than Founder Basketball Wives. At least, oh yeah, by, yeah, yeah. At least by a point, like <laughs> it was a little depressing. I thought the parents weren't mm-hmm. great actors, but most of the ch- the young people are decent actors in this, and yeah, it has a good message at least. So there's that, and also young Lucille. So sure, there's that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, the love experiment. Uh, uh. Very strange episode of the love experiment because I didn't see it uh, in the usual place. Because guess what? Nobody cares about the show. <laughs> it's this is episode seven, Hall of Reality. Paige, Tamara, and Mars get the inside scoop on their top guy in the Hall of Reality. The women all send a man home, and the remaining guys create dream dates for the women. Right. So the first thing we do. <laughs> yeah. In this episode, is they went into the hall, and they mm-hmm. they there was a big screen, and they basically did like Zoom meetings with. There, there are three guys left for each woman, so they met mm-hmm. up with three people that were, you know, like one of the dates' mothers, or one of them was a friend, or one of them was mm-hmm. uh, a sister, just a, somebody that knows them, and they interviewed them and asked them some questions about the person which really wasn't nothing really came of it except for the one guy who totally threw his friend under the bus completely she's like oh does he did he like uh does he sleep around or whatever he's like um yeah (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> he really likes to sleep around. He has never had a serious relationship, and he's going to dump you in three weeks. He's basically like telling her that this guy is a huge player. Like he did not yeah, do yeah. him any fa- favors at all whatsoever. But everybody else was like pretty neutral uh, about yes. the person. Um, I mean, she talked to uh, one of their exes. The ex said. It was the best relationship I have ever had. I regret breaking up with him. And yeah, and that we're still friends and we're totally cool with each other. But then the, yeah. the one guy's best friend it must they must have had a fight before he went into the house or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think that has to be the reason, right? This guy is something was going on there. It was so out of place with all the rest yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So from this, then the three women have to kick one guy out. So each of them mm-hmm. kick out pretty much the most obvious person. I think we guessed all of them except for the Tamara we, we one. We guessed all but Tamara, yeah. Because she's like, <laughs> on, you can't decide what she's going to do because I don't even no. think she knows what's, what she she's doing. Know. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, she has no fucking clue whatsoever. And then they design dates. Two of the women, it's very obvious at this point, they've already picked who they're going to who yes. they're gonna pick in, in the final yes. episode, which is next episode. So, uh, mostly just because they are the most affectionate towards that guy comparatively to the other person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, one of the couples found them, uh, each other in episode three, so. Yeah, they actually slept together, we're assuming, uh, in yes. episode two, and then, yeah, got, and then got in a fight episode three, but then. Uh, mended at the end of episode three, so they've already even mm-hmm. gone through their first fight as a couple. Even it's yep, like, yep. yeah, and and gotten through it. It's and it's they pretty are sealed. So fucking there. cute together. <laughs> um, yeah, and then what They're was the last so thing? Cute. They went on dates. Oh yeah, the the dates definitely were a little bit lopsided. Uh. Tiny, tiny bit, yes. The one guy is on, like, <laughs> a yacht, and the other person went ice skating with the, the, one I of know. the women. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we're like, the cost of these two dates is so lopsided <laughs> as far as, like, the co- like how much... Uh, but I guess, you know, uh, you can't put a price on whatever, having fun. Uh, right. But sometimes you can. Yeah, no, uh, I really like this episode. Uh, it was very, very fun. And I'm really, really looking forward uh, to the prim- uh, or the, the end of this. I will say that I I also think we we both know who the other people would pick, but Tamara, I have absolutely no clue whatsoever. And I find it interesting that she has been, like, the main focus of the show, so... Yeah, well, even in the description, they say Tamara and her BFFs, which... Right. I would argue that two other women are the, are more entertaining as far as, like, a reality show goes than oh, yeah. she is. Um, as far as characters okay. go, she's... They're more... They're more characters. She's, like, very kind of reserved and conservative and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That was uh, fun. Uh, I I really like following this show. I hope we find something as fun to follow. Yeah, it's this is like one of those you can't. They just it's going to come along every once in a while. You find a really funny ass show. I think this episode was probably one of the least funny ones. 
because mm-hmm. there wasn't as much like we like uh, shit happening where it's like this doesn't make any sense. I think they've kind mm-hmm. of figured out where they're going with the show now. Finally, mm-hmm. in episode seven, the second to last episode. <laughs> About fucking time, right? Right. It only took them till the yeah. very end. Yeah. Yeah. And as we talked, I just downloaded episode eight, so I now know at least I can watch that without any problem. Okay, let's talk about another show that I had fun with this week, uh, The Golden Bachelor. Uh, it is uh, ABC's most watched premiere on Hulu. Uh, it says the premiere episode of Golden Bachelor, which originally aired September 28, has hit 11.1 million total viewers across linear and streaming platforms after seven days of viewing, according to Nielsen, excluding the rebroadcast episode... The series opener delivers a combined audience of 9 million. Um, a rating of 2.46 among the 80 or 18 to 49 demo, which is like the important like advertising demographic. Mm. Uh, three days of multi-platform viewing uh, leap 206% from the live, uh, the initial live viewing of the, of the show. So, mm-hmm. two... You know, two times as many people watched it on Hulu than they did the actual live broadcast, which makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Nobody has cable television anymore, so there's that. I didn't do watch it live. Any, yeah. Do you know anybody that has cable? <laughs> well, I live out in the country, so I know a bunch of people who have satellite dishes. Nobody has right. cable out here. That's, that's, that's equivalent. another thing. So, yeah. That's another thing. Okay. Uh, Suits, we talked about this before, uh, some weeks ago, uh, that it all of a sudden became popular. Well, uh, Suits has broken yet another record in viewership, uh, overtaking uh, a Netflix show, spending 12 consecutive weeks in the top spot. That is cray-cray. It says here Ozark had previously held this title spread across multiple season releases. Uh, while Suits' original 2011 re- release was a success for the USA Network, earning favorable reviews, the show's popularity gradually waned following the departure of key ca- cast members. Nonetheless, the show's recent resurgence on streaming reveals the enduring appeal of the quit w- quick wit and largely formula-driven narratives. Yeah, it's super formulaic. That's what that should say. <laughs> the incredibly formulaic. Every episode is the exact same formula. It's a formulaic <sighs> show, everybody. I think that's what some people like about shows like that, though, is they want it to just be the same. They want the same. They want to feel the same from every episode, and they don't want like a surprise. They don't want it to be surprising. They want it to just mm-hmm. be the show they expect. And then they watch it for every, you know, ep- every episode because they know what they're getting. Does that make sense? Like, some people don't mm-hmm. want to be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I I, 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 I just don't get it. I am sorry. I, I, maybe I'm stupid, but I, I just don't get uh, the whole thing uh, about it. Like, uh, Suits is, is not in my top 100 best shows, even. Like it's it's so in the middle of the road that I could not care less. Um, 
Yeah, I don't... It's... It says here, the recent resurgence in popularity may have no direct connection to the wave of industrial action sweeping through Hollywood. Its timing perfectly demonstrated many of the growing inequalities in the industry. Uh, oh, right. It's saying, like, the whole thing with, like, uh, streaming rights and, like, the, the giving money to writers and actors for, you know, streaming views uh this is mm. showing that like even after uh you know a decade uh this is still m making a ton of money from netflix and the people who made that show should be seeing some type of like return from that yeah that makes sense all right yeah hey uh audible has a lot of podcasts uh that are free uh i'm uh listening right now to a podcast called possession because guess what? It's October. Spooky, spooky. Uh, Brandon and Justine has just moved into their new house. An idyllic craftsman bungalow in the picture-perfect enclave of East Los Angeles. Uh, and uh, guess what? Everything is perfect except what lies beneath the house could destroy it all. Boo! Spooky! You can get that for 110% free and a free book from audibletrial.com slash ADC. That's audibletrial.com slash ADC. I saw the blackening this week, Fro. Uh, it got added to <laughs> stars. Um, it's a horror yeah. com horror comedy, like, kind of uh, has a lot to... It has a lot of discussion of civil rights in this horror comedy there's like a whole mm -hmm. thing in this where well just i'll describe it this group of people they're it's a few years after college and they all want to meet up like their old college buddies and they all want to meet up at a cabin to hang out and party for the weekend pretty normal horror movie start to be honest um mm -hmm. and they find this weird game room in in this cabin in the basement and it's got this super racist game there, uh, and they decide to play it, and it basically turns into kind of a Saw situation where they have to play the game, otherwise they die. Yeah. Um, but it's it's also a comedy. It's got some, you know, jokes in there, uh, but it's also very bloody. But it's, yeah, I, it's not like so far to the comedy side that it's like a scary movie. But it's also not a serious horror movie either. Uh, a lot of the jokes didn't land for me. The acting's pretty bad. Um, the the ending yeah, was kind of funny. There were some funny the uh, funny things at the end. But I would say overall, I don't know. This is probably a, a three point five. Yeah, I really didn't like this movie whatsoever. Well, you didn't think it was a comedy either. I don't think you got the no. humor of it is a thing, but I think it's no. it is kind of a thing you might have to be an American to understand the comedy in a lot of this because uh, it's I didn't very think it what what was funny at all. It, the comedy is super subtle, um, so yeah, you would have to like really understand that it's a comedy to get some of the jokes. That's the best way to put it, I guess. Okay, what else did you see? Uh, let's see. Something else. Let's do something else. Horror, I guess. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. 
I saw. <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> this was actually worse I, uh, than the Blackening, to be honest. Um, but it is. But, I, I, but in a good way. <laughs> the thing is, I went into it being like, oh, this is kind of going to be a Sharknado situation where, like, they made no, a bad no, no. movie on purpose <laughs> to make no. it funny to, to, like... No, this was... They made this a real movie, and yes. they just did a bad job. That's all. Yes. Yeah. They didn't yeah. spend a whole lot... Like, it was clearly done for very cheap, so I'm not going to knock them on a lot of things, like, but they could have found some mm -hmm. better masks, especially the piglet mask... I don't know why it was a warthog. That's not even, like, the correct mm -hmm. type of pig. Uh, they could have found, you know, some higher quality uh, costumes. A lot of the acting's very terrible. It's just all mm -hmm. in all a bad movie, really, you know what I mean? But it's funny. Mm -hmm. It's all just a gimmick. Like, it, this, it's just a, basically your standard slasher movie. They just added the Winnie the Pooh gimmick on top. Uh, so... Mm -hmm. In this, Winnie the Pooh, after Christopher Robin leaves when he grows up after being a boy, Winnie the Pooh and the whole gang uh, go back to being feral animals and go crazy and start killing humans because they hate everybody, especially Christopher Robin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the premise is kind of funny, but in execution, sitting through it was not very much fun. I'd give it a... It'd probably be funnier to watch with your friends to make fun of at the time. You know, I watched it by myself. I'd give mm. it a mm. 1.5. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, a movie I'm also going to give a 1.5 is Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Uh, look. I almost watched that this week, but I, uh, I'll probably watch it this week. Uh, Jesus Christ almighty. So... It is a prequel to uh, Pet Cemetery, but it's also a reboot. But it happened well. It's before before the original timeline-wise. It's before. So it's a prequel. Yes, it is a prequel. Okay, that's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, I did not like it at all. Uh, it's very overstuffed, and Permanent Plus uh, uh, that has uh, like most of the Paranormal Activity Plus uh, uh, franchise in it was uh, also behind like. The bad Halloween uh, pre prequels and sequels and all that, uh, but uh, it, this is like set in the 1960s for some fucking reason. Okay, and it's just uh, I I really don't understand. It's just like it it goes back from the uh, 1970s to the 60s and like. It, it is very uh, good, maybe acted and made, but the direction in this and the writing is just so fucking atrocious. There's no suspense. There's absolutely nothing of good other than like a lot of gore. And then it's like, I, I I want a horror movie with some finesse. 
Uh, yeah, I gave it a, almost a 1.5. I gave it a 2. Uh, terrible, terrible movie. Okay, looking forward to that. Um, mm-hmm. This wasn't as bad, I guess. Strays? Did you see Strays? Yeah, you saw that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that bad. I mean, I was expecting way worse, I guess. It's an adult dog movie where a dog's mm-hmm. owner like kicks him out and he ends up on the streets. Uh, and he, at first he's trying to get back to be with his owner, but then he realizes his own owner is like a terrible person and that he doesn't want to be with this guy because he's just a horrible dog owner. Um, but he meets friends along the way, right? I think that's the... <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it was fine as far as like a comedy, like silly, fun movie. I didn't think it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Some of the jokes are super cheesy, like dog jokes where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, they're dogs, so they have to pee on on things. I get mm-hmm. it. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't need to run that joke into the ground. We get that. You could just they don't have to talk about it. They could just do it, and it would be funny. There's some of that mm-hmm. where they like explain the joke a little too much. Um, mm-hmm. But it was funny. There's a lot of good voice actors, a lot of good actors in this. Uh, as far yeah. as comedy actors and stuff go, I'd give it a uh, probably a six. It's fun. It's worth checking out. Yeah. I was expecting it's it to be a little okay. more raunchy the way they uh, promoted it. There's some raunchy yeah. scenes, but it wasn't as like over the top as I thought it was going to be, I guess. Mm. Well, I saw another uh, horror movie this week. Uh, I saw... Uh, Kirian, is that uh, how you say her first name? Uh, Shipka in the new uh, uh, Amazon comedy horror called Totally Killer. Um, it's a time traveling uh, slasher comedy. Um, it feels like if you mixed Happy Death Day, Back to the Future, and The Final Girls in one movie, uh, you get a totally killer. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, it's a comedy horror with a very, very, very heavy laying on the comedy part. It, it, it is very funny. Uh, and maybe that's Maybe it's biggest problem. I I I I kind of liked it. It's 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 it fe- felt like uh some of it felt like a Black Mirror episode that I had seen. But uh, I really liked uh, the acting in this. I really like uh, this lady. She's a total knockout. She's a really good actress and. Uh, yeah, um, I I like the, the final girls, and I I also very much like it's a happy death day. Uh, so I'm going to give this a five point five, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw a preview for this, and this is another one. Maybe I'll check out next week. Five point five, right in the middle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, I saw something that was pretty bad. It was called One Ranger. Have you seen One Ranger yet? No. Okay, so we watched the preview for this, I know, at one point. But it's... Yes. It's got Thomas Jane, and he plays a... 
a Texas lawman who like tracks down uh, criminals. He's like a kind of a bounty hunter type lawman, and he gets mm-hmm. recruited by MI6 to track down uh, an IRA terrorist. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. John Malkovich plays somebody like the MI6, like he- head brass, I guess. Um, it's very bad. It's complete. Like he's got this horrible fake accent the entire time, and everybody keeps pointing it out to him. Um, mm. Some of the action scenes are fine. Some of them aren't. There's a lot of really bad, like uh, you know, '90s type action movie puns that happen in in the movie quite often. It just feels like a kind of a early two thousands, late '90s movie, all in all. Um, mm. Yeah, it's pretty bad put together. The the dialogue's bad. The saving grace, I guess, would be some of the action, like fight choreography. But really, mm. when I think about it, I'd have to give it like a two point five, probably. Yeah. Oh, okay. The last movie I saw, uh, other than with you, uh, was uh, the Kill Room. Uh, this is with Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is with uh, Joe, uh, whatever his last name is, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> um, so, uh, Uma Thurman is this art uh, dealer uh, that uh, uh, goes with uh, or hits up with uh, Hitman and. Uh, the boss of the hitman played by Samuel L. Jackson and uh, they uh, do a laundry uh, money laundering scheme and uh, that accidentally turns the hitman into an overnight uh, sensation okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's more or less what I will tell you about it I really like this movie. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5, maybe, maybe even an 8. I really liked it. It's uh, R-rated. It's very funny. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. It came out of nowhere. I had never heard about this before. So Yeah, it's on my list of things to see. Whenever I find it or... Whatever. Um, the last thing I think we both saw was Nowhere on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this was about a woman who... They're not being trafficked. They're being uh, coyoted. That's what it's called. Across yes. the border. Yes. Uh, where what? Where is this from? I don't even remember uh, where uh, they're coming out Spanish. of. It's a Spanish movie, and it's a fictionalized uh, uh, country, uh, country, yeah. right? Okay, uh, they're they're trying to get out of some country that there's clearly some type of militant group is has taken over. The family, she's pregnant, I guess I should say, and she gets split mm-hmm. up from her husband. Uh, they get put on a ship to uh, to flee the country, and she falls overboard. But they're in like a shipping container type thing. Mm-hmm. So it floats, so but it's slowly sinking, and so it's it's kind of like a 
I would compare it to what the movie, what, is it called 127 Hours? The one where the guy cuts his own arm off? Is that what right. it is? Right, yeah. It's yeah, kind of yeah. similar to that in the sense that, like, she's stranded other in the middle of nowhere. This is not true. She has to, like, <laughs> other than that, that's real and this is fake, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like that survival movie, uh, mm-hmm. and she has to get her and her unborn baby to safety, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is uh, another movie that I have seen 200 times before. But I, I I, liked it. I mean, it was suspenseful. Some of it was extremely, extremely stupid uh, in the way that... Frustrating. Uh, it, it, there are certain yeah. things that you're like, why wouldn't you just do this? Or why wouldn't you just do that? But yeah, yeah you, if you're in that situation, your brain would be all scrambled too, you know? So I don't know. Right. Uh, like sometimes uh, she is a genius, and sometimes like she's complete dumb moron. As bread. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of my biggest problem, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was totally okay. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I kind of guessed the ending. <laughs> kind of. Uh oh yeah I mean there was a kind of there was a good chance that that wasn't gonna happen though I thought I mean just right. because yeah uh happy endings and all um yeah it was fine I'd give it a jeez uh, you know it's it's kind of in the middle I'd give it a five point five just above yeah just above middle yeah I agree that thing was pretty good it was just and. She- very, you know, there's only one thing happening the whole time. There's one setting. Right. Yeah. You never even leave the shipping container really ever. Yeah, except for the mm-hmm. very, very, very beginning. Yeah, uh, there are some things coming out this week I'm really, really, really looking forward to. Finally, finally, there's uh, some things that I'm really looking forward to. I, I think you maybe can guess one of it. Movies that are coming out? No, TV show. Oh. The house that Usher fell and comes out on tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really looking forward to seeing that. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, but do we have some uh, movie news? Uh, yeah. Well, it's not really movie news, but it's from a director of a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Talking about the Tupac murder trial it says here the rest of Dwayne Keith D. Davis a s- former Southside Crip gang leader uh, in the murder of Tupac Shakur on September 29th over 27 years ago sent shockwaves through the world uh, two people responsible for pushing an alternate theory that Suge Knight was one, the one responsible for Tupac's killing because he th- thought he was leaving Death Row Records uh were Russell Poole, uh, and in, in the follow-up, uh, oh wait, right, there was Nick Broomfield, and then there, that's, the, the guy who he interviewed was Russell Poole in the documentary, and then there was a 2021 Last Man Standing documentary, Broomfield also told interviews that he thought Suge Knight killed Tupac, uh, Mm -hmm. and so now he is admitting he got it wrong, yeah. Wow. Which we talked about last week. I think we were like, 
even cite where like there's that one Netflix documentary that talks about the other guy killing mm-hmm. him, Orlando Jones, right? Yeah. Mm. So yeah, what do you think about this? Uh, I'm glad the guy came forward and said he was wrong. Uh, now that there's yeah, me too. Now that somebody's actually been arrested, you know, so many years yeah. later, um. Yeah, it's you don't hear a lot about this in the news in America, to be honest. You kind of have to read yeah. up on it to find the stuff that's going on about it. At least, yeah. uh, I don't know about in Norway. Yeah, no, it's not talked about that at all. I wouldn't. I guess I'm less surprised in Norway. Uh, yeah. Uh, t- do they talk about Taylor Swift in Norway? Yeah, uh, something I know that you have bought at least 100 tickets uh, to. I wish I had 100 <laughs> tickets to this. I'd be like a millionaire. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Taylor Swift area tour film surpasses 100 million in advanced ticket sales. That is cray-cray. This re- revenue encompasses all showtimes, locations, and circuit-playing era tours across the globe. Uh, not just specifically to AMC locations in you know in the U.S. Um, right, but yeah, that's pretty wild. She's in the news all, all the time now because of the whole NFL thing. All these people hate her because of the NFL, and then yes, all these women love some NFL player that she's dating. Have they confirmed that they're actually dating now, or is it like a still? A rumor? I think it's an open secret. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. It would be hilarious if they just came out and were like, "Yeah, no, that actually wasn't real." But, but thanks, <laughs> thanks for all the money. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. They're probably. Uh, it seems like they're really dating to me. Yeah. Yes, it seems very much like that. I I've seen some uh, like pictures of them, and if they're not dating, they are really, really, really good friends. <laughs> or yeah. Or really good actors, yeah. Yes, yeah. And I, I don't think an NFL player is a good actor, so where's that? Has Taylor Swift been in a movie? She has to have been in some movie at this point, right? Um, I want to say no. Because I've seen her act before in banking commercials, but that's the right. only place I've ever seen I her I don't act. think she's been in a movie, and I don't think she's been in a TV show. Um, oh, that I can think of. Well, she least. was in Cats. Oh yeah, for fuck's sake! <laughs> it was. <laughs> These Did are she all... acting cats, not really. <laughs> I I doesn't. I'm not gonna go into what what she was. But it says she was in the Lorax. But I'm assuming probably just music. Right. It says she was in the Hannah Montana movie. Is that real? Uh, music. I'm guessing. Yeah, I wonder. Let me look it up. Yeah. It says anyway, she was in uh, Amsterdam last year also, but I never saw it. Oh, that. yeah, she was in Amsterdam. Yeah. It's terrible movie. Okay. Anyway, uh, while uh, Luke looks that up, I will talk a little about uh, Killer of the Flower Moon, because that's uh, what we are doing another digital review of. I am so fucking excited for this movie. <laughs> I, I have not seen the trailer, so uh, I am a little bit curious uh, of uh, how it will look. So 
you will get my completely honest and um, unbiased opinion about the trailer. So I've not seen it okay. before, so that will be fun. Yeah, she was herself. Uh, she did a song as herself in that in Hannah, right. the Hannah Montana movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's uh, watch the trailer for Killer of the Flower Moon. Hey, I know him. Ooh. Okay. Is this Apple? Apple. Yeah. And we know him as well. No, never seen him before. He's brand new to the scene. Mm-hmm. That's Is not this, safe. Uh, They're dancing in no. the oil. Is this uh? There will be blood. By any chance? It looks very similar. Yeah, it does. I don't mind that. That's one of my favorite movies. So. I guess the color, there's a lot more color in this trailer than there was in the entire film. There will be blood. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't dig my favorite director of all time. No, I love that movie. <laughs> it's just a stylistic choice, I'm just saying. Yeah. I remember hating There Will Be Blood the first time I saw it, actually, and then watching it again mm. and being like, oh. <laughs> it was it one of those so movies, good. you know what I mean? Oh, love that movie. I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, "What did? why did I just sit through th that long for that? Hey, I know him as well. It definitely looks like an epic kind of movie. Oh, yeah. Very much so. By the enemy. Do not let them die alone. Evil surrounds my heart. Ooh. Oh, Scorsese. You gotta pick a side. I don't even know if you love me anymore. I love you. I love Lily Gladstone. I, like, everything looks good. Uh, the acting looks amazing. It, cinematography yeah. looks great. I just don't like the time period. That's my only thing. But I can, you, you get past it usually if the if it's entertaining enough. Oh, wow! I ain't got nothing but regret. Well, well, well. <laughs> okay. What is this totally going to be Oscar-nominated movie all about? Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. In the 1920s, members of the Osi Osage Native American tribe of Osage County, Oklahoma, are murdered after oil is found on their land, and the FBI decides to investigate. 9 out of 10 on 9 to be 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I don't see any other scores than that, but... Yeah, it's... Directed by Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's got Lily, Glansk Lily Gladstone and Jesse Plemons also in it. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert De Niro, Brendan Fraser, Larry mm -hmm. Sellers. Yeah, a bunch of people. It, it, I'm assuming it's going to be pretty long. Does it have a length on anywhere? Uh, I'm going to guess around two and a half hours. That's right? What I'm That's what I'm, I'm kind of wondering how long it's going to be. I, would even, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets up to... Th Three, three hours twenty six. Holy shit! Nice. Three hours and twenty six minutes. That's like two movies. 
Well, I don't care. It's Martin Scorsese. He has done that before. Right, and I yeah. trust him. Yeah. It just, even I mean, from well, the trailer, it felt like there was so much happening in the trailer, it had to be like three yeah. hours long. Yeah. Like one of my favorite Martin Scorsese movies is shit long, so where is that? Yeah, I'll I'll definitely check this out. I'll probably watch it in two sittings. That's just the the nature of the beast. Yeah. Right. Alright, coming next week, news of the week, TV and movies of the week, Love Experiment, final episode, episode eight. I think we know mm-hmm. where this is going, but you know, we could get some interesting Something interesting could happen. Maybe one of the other guys is going to burst in right at the last minute, and Kenny, it's going to be Kenny. He's be like, "Actually, oh, I, I was wrong." So yeah, that's not yeah. going to that's not going to happen. Take me back. That's never going to happen. That that would be way too interesting. Uh, and mm-hmm. then another digital review of Once Within a Time. Within a time. Hmm. Hmm. That is going to be uh time traveling maybe i'm going to guess <laughs> it sounds like once upon a time like a play on like you know yes. classic fairy tale thing so maybe mm-hmm. it's and it's within so maybe it's like a tale within fairy tales so kind of shrek-esque fairy tale mm-hmm. style movie yeah could be yeah okay uh jeremy rant time uh do you have something to begin with uh, the Nerd City NFT video, we talked about it right at the end of the show last week, uh, that yep. they had released a video, and we thought they were going to say, like, why they hadn't made a video in a long time, but they nope. just came back with an NFT video <laughs> talking about, um, specifically, like, NFTs, but also about crypto in general, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And just kind of the scammy nature of it, but in the end, they kind of concluded, like, there's quality things about it. Uh, but there's also bad things, and then they tried to shill NFTs <laughs> at the end of it, which was kind of weird. So fucking weird, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know that you don't care about football. I do. Uh, but I saw uh, Pierce Morgan interviewing Slatan Ibrahimovic. That was a very interesting interview for okay. someone like me. Yeah. Do you know who that is? I know the name. <laughs> okay. I'm actually a little impressed over that, yeah, so... And well, I watch a lot of, like, British YouTubers, so they could have yeah. made a joke about a footballer, and sometimes those go right over my head. Sometimes they don't at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, what else? There was the Gideon Finding Jesus. You know Gideon, the, like, yes. Twitch streamer? Yes. Do you think this is real, or do you think it's, no. like, a, a troll? I think it's so troll. You think I so? I really, really hope it is. Yes, I really hope it is. I don't know. I I'm, I'm really don't know uh, yeah. what to think about this. Um, I think it's totally possible, like, one of the things people are citing that it's a troll is that he's so well-versed in everything mm-hmm. that he, there people are like, he has to have rehearsed this. Yes. And... I almost think that maybe when he was younger, he was already, like, you know, or his parents forced him to be Christian or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It could... I, I'm I'm on the fence on this one. I can't decide whether it's real or whether it's fake. I, I really hope it's a, a troll. If it's a troll, he's really good. He's really, really 
a great he's actor. He's known for trolling before. Why Why wouldn't he troll? Uh, I mean, he's done hours and hours and hours of these streams at this point. Like, it's... Yeah. When does the... When do you... When do you uh, all of a sudden go, gotcha? When's the gotcha happen? That's my question. Mm. If that is... If mm. it is a troll. Yeah. Mm. I guess. But yeah, that's just it. Like it's hard to trust. It's like boy who cried wolf thing, isn't it? Like you can't. Mm-hmm. There's no way to trust him because he's pranked so many people so many times. Mm. Uh, I played uh, some games this week, but it's just like old games. I've played nothing new that has come out, so I have nothing interesting to tell there, other than that I have. Uh, I've done all of uh, part one of my Lego uh, Harry Potter game, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty close to the end uh, to the second one. So uh, I haven't hundred percented, but it's like gone through the story. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm having a fun with it. So yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, what else? I think that's about it on YouTube. There was like yeah. something on Twitter where everybody was talking about this Lily Singh TED Talk that kind of like resurfaced after a year, um, where she talks about her uh talk show and kind of blames mm. everybody but herself for the failure of her talk show. She's like, mm. uh, I actually let me find it and do it, and I'll send you a. We can read some of the comments, and you'll see in in the video. Okay, let's read some comment under a seat at the table. Isn't uh, it a solution for gender equality? Lily Singh on the TED Talk channel. Uh, for example, Lily Singh is one of the uh, most insufferable uh, people on the planet. Her comedy is torture. Her fate victimhood is contrived. I blush while watching it. How can somebody be this deluded? <laughs> it says here, love how she blames everyone for her mistakes. Her late night TV show was terrible and wasn't funny. And the pay gap in YouTube is a st- is stupid theory considering we the people choose what to watch. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you don't have good friends around you. Um, <laughs> this is the most insane tour, the force of narcissism that I have ever seen. Wow. Uh, yeah, someone who has sat down with the U.S. presidents and A-list Hollywood celebrity is telling us how oppressed she is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, the, uh, I mean, and it's, the the comments are just all this. There's nothing, Yes. there's nobody defending her on this, as far as I can mm-hmm. tell. I mean, maybe there is somewhere, but um, I'm I trying to find one. Down and down and down, and there's <laughs> no one, no one. Oh, no, I found one that was uh, good, okay? Okay. I'm ready to hear it. Dear Lily, I just have to say how inspired this doctor talk is. You're a proof that even with uh, 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 advantages, wealth 
favors from famous friends and unlimited amount choices, I too can fail. In a way, that is true equality. At least you finally made me laugh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, it's a it, pretty overwhelming uh, hatred of this video, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's pretty. Hey, look. Pretty crazy. Hello. Hey, look. Do you want to to hear me talk about wrestling? Okay. Do you like that? Do you want to hear me talk about wrestling? I could go on the weekend and listen to you talk about wrestling on that wrestling show with with oh, with my good friend Bill. Yeah, you could you oh. and Bill do a wrestling show, a podcast available on all yes. podcast platforms. It usually comes out on Saturday called that wrestling mm -hmm. show. Yeah, go and listen to that. Okay, uh, my name is Fro. My name is Luke. Uh, goodbye, everybody, and uh, also. Guess what? Fuck listening. Bye bye, everybody. Another digital, another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. 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 Citizen.